0: We're going to wind this series up today. We'll read uh, verses 21 through 40. And as we read through this, this is actually a message today that I've never preached on this before. And I'm, I've been in ministry for 35 years. And I don't know why I haven't preached on it before. But as I was going through all of the 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 narrative of uh, Christmas, so, so look, we had, we had uh, the wise men, we had the shepherds, we had Mary and Joseph that we went through, and we, as we went through all of these, um, what happens is there's another set of people in the story that we very seldom ever talk about, and I want to talk about those today. All right, I'm not sure what's going on, but it seems like those things are just uh, on the screen behind me, are just flying everywhere. Um, so, I'll just go with this one that's on the screen. Uh, we, as we talked about the wise men, the wise men they went seeking and expecting. Uh, they went seeking Jesus and they went expecting to find him. But look at this. Simeon and Anna, the two people I want to talk about today, they waited expectedly for Jesus and he found them. All right? I want to let that sink in for just a second. All right? So the wise men, they went seeking Jesus, expecting to find him. But Simeon and Anna... They waited expectantly for Jesus, and He found them. And I'm just going to leave it right there. Um, I want to dive into the story in just a second because Simeon and Anna are who I want to talk about. I've never preached on this before, but this is a—I I believe it's a very important part of the Christmas narrative. You know, we're we're kind of post Christmas in this in between season. But also, that's where we are in the story of the narrative as well. In the, in the uh, story of Jesus, this is after his birth, so they're kind of in this in-between season. And if you'll turn to Luke chapter 2, we'll get there in just a second. And we're going to be talking a little bit today about uh, waiting. And I don't know uh, how many of you guys are good at waiting like, I know in the, in the United States, at least, we are not really good at waiting. We're very impatient. Uh, would you say that's right? Say that's an accurate statement? We are a microwave. Get it done fast. I mean, do you all remember the days of the Internet? Where it's like, you know, and you're waiting for your dial-up. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it just seemed like forever. And now everything is just so fast, and we think it's slow. If it takes more than a second or two for something to pop up on our screen, we're like, what's wrong with this computer? It's so slow. Like, You can tell a lot about a person's character on how they're waiting. When they're waiting in line, waiting for a table, uh, waiting in line, and somebody who walks up, And gets chosen to go to the table when you've been waiting and the receptionist or whoever takes them. And you you can tell a lot about a character on like, you know, how quick they are to lose their cool. Um, Patience is a fruit of the spirit. It's not a fruit. It is the fruit of the spirit. Now, I don't know how other people teach other places, but this is how I teach. And I believe it's theologically correct. But the fruit of the Spirit. Now, for those who are English teachers, I've got three of those. Wait, is that right? Two of those in my family. I've got two English teachers in my family. So the fruit of the Spirit. How many is a fruit? It's one. It's it's not only one singular, but it's one kind, all right? If you're going to have bananas and oranges, those are fruits. And he says, but the fruit, one kind, singular, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. It's not the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience. No, when you bite into the fruit, when you partake of the fruit, It's like Willy Wonka. It's like, mmm, I taste strawberry and I taste mango and I taste, it's all in the same fruit. There's love, there's joy, there's peace, there's patience, there's gentleness, there's kindness, there's faithfulness, there's goodness, and there's self-control. And we don't get to just, we don't get to choose. Like for me, I don't like mango. For me, I don't like cantaloupe. But I love some pineapple and I love strawberries and watermelons, my favorite. Like, I can choose different fruits, but I don't get to, to, to a, an apple and go, Mmm, I like that side, but I don't like this side. It tastes all the same. The fruit of the Spirit being patient, we all should operate in patience if we're not operate listen if we're not operating in patience then we're not operating in love you know what i'm saying so it's like it's important it says a lot to us about how we wait now i'm getting to a place where i'm not even talking about waiting in a natural sense i'm talking about waiting in a supernatural sense the other day i pulled out of my uh Well, I have it to where I can see it pretty regularly. But I pulled out of my desk a little card. I don't know if you have yours or not, but I have mine. Because when I give stuff out to people, I don't just give stuff to be given out garbage. I give handouts that are meaningful. So if you don't have yours, why not? Where is it? Did God answer all of yours? Pastor Reif, what are you talking about? I believe it was last year that our series was called a, was called Hills to Die On. And I gave you a little card and I like there are some things that these are worth dying. Some stuff is not worth dying for. These are not battles that, you know, just walk away from that battle. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. But there are some things that are worth fighting for. Now, I'm going to fight the devil over my family. You can bet that. I'm not just going to go, God, you can have them. I don't care. They're really not one of my favorites anyway, (laughs) you know. No, I'm going to fight the devil for my family. But that little card that I've got, I pulled it out the other day. And as I'm looking over, and I, I think I had, you know, a place for like five different things. I'm looking over my list, guys. And God ain't done none of them yet in the natural. Now, the answer may be on its way. There might be something happening in the supernatural realm that I don't know about. Like Daniel, he prayed and it was, it was done, but the prayer was intercepted. And so it, it might be up in the heavenlies already done. I, I don't know, but I'm looking at my list and I'm looking at that list and I'm going, God... These are not manifested in the natural yet. And they're important. They are, not, they are not trivial things. Like, I want a sprinkler system for my yard one day. You know, I'm tired of dragging water hoses out. That's a tiny little thing. I've got, I've got eternal stuff on this list that are huge things that I need. Like, He's not come through for me in the natural yet. None of that has happened yet. And if you're not careful, you can get mad at God and not even realize you're mad at God. You get irritated. with The best thing if you're mad at God, man, that you can do is just tell him. You're mad at him. One of my favorite movies is the movie called The Apostle with Robert Duvall. And it's what, there's this one scene And his name is Sonny, and he goes in, and he's like, "Lord, this is Sonny, and I'm mad at you. I'm mad at you." And he's just pouring his heart out. I love you, but I'm mad at you. I love you, but I'm mad at you. And I was the first time I ever saw that movie. I was like, "This is such a blessing to me because I pray like that, and I feel guilty. Like, what a horrible son I am." But you know what? God loves it when we're just flat out honest. There have been times that I've told the Lord, God, I don't understand why you haven't come through for this. I don't understand, God. I'm not happy. I'm I'm upset with you. I'm mad right now. I'm frustrated right now. But I love you. And I trust you. And I know you're going to do it. I know you are. I don't know why you're so slow. (laughs) But I know you are. You're going to come through. So I wait on the Lord. I just wait on the Lord. I want you to listen to this real quick. God shows up when we most expect him. See, we're easy to hear in the other way. God'll show up when you least expect him. Maybe that's true. But I know this is true. What's on the screen behind me? God shows up when we most expect Him. When we are looking for Him. God is looking for people. That's what I shared with you last or uh, two weeks ago. God is searching for those who are searching for Him. The Word says He's looking for those who will worship Him in spirit and truth. He's looking for people. He says, I'll draw near to you when you draw near to me. So when we're expecting God, he's going to show up when we most expect him. Look at Isaiah chapter uh, or 40, verse 31. It's on the screen for us. But those who trust, that word trust has also been translated hope. Those who hope in the Lord. Those who wait in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. All right, I want you to think about this for a second. Has, have any of you walked and you felt like you were going to faint? Now, I'm, I'm serious. I was climbing to the top. I, these nut pastors that I went out with to a prayer retreat, uh, we go every year to the mountains, and one of them wants to climb a mountain every time. And so they, they were like, You want to just, y'all want to go on this little hike? And I'm like, What's a little hike? I've learned you got to ask them to qualify what's a little hike. To them, like 5K is, is, is what it, the minimum is what it's going to be. And I'm like, I can do 5K if we're walking, <laughs> you know, I can do that. But they didn't tell me we were going to walk like this. And they didn't tell me that it was the sixth tallest mountain in Georgia. And, man, I'm telling you what, I'm climbing this mountain, and I'm going, I'm halfway up it. And I'm, I'm not an unfit person. I mean, I'm not in the best shape of, as maybe some of you guys, but I'm not the worst shape either. And so, man, we're going up, and I'm telling you what, there was one where they had carved steps into the side of the mountain. And it's like this. I mean, that was, that's not even OSHA regulation right there. That's, that's, that would not pass code. It was way too steep. And I'm, 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 cr- cr- and I'm like, dude, all of these were crying. All of them. E- every one of them were just crying. And they were saying, please stop, please stop, please stop. And at one point, I thought they were going to just stop without my permission. And <laughs> as I'm coming down... I'm not trying to be disrespectful. If you're old, you're old. Own it. You know? I told Shay the other day, I said, I'm going to be 56 years old in a couple of months. That's crazy. But, I mean, if you're old, you're old. You just embrace it. You know, just be a wise old person. Well, so I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I'm climbing up and I'm like, y'all go on, i got to sit down for a second. And I'm sitting down and I'm like, Don't feel bad for me because there was others that we had already left behind, you know. So I I wasn't at the top of the game, but I wasn't at the bottom either. And then I saw these couple of old women coming down. That's why I'm saying I'm, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. They were old. All right. And they're coming down the mountain. And one of them's got a little walking stick, and she's just coming down the mountain. I'm not talking about a cane. I'm talking about a walking stick. Any of y'all nature lovers, y'all know what I'm talking about. She's got a walking stick. And I'm like, is it far? And she's like, oh, it's only about 15 minutes. She lied. (laughs) It's, It's only about 15 more minutes. And I'm like, oh. I can do 15. I think I can do 15. I can't do another hour, but I can do 15. And um, you know how God lets some people lie in the Bible? You know, I think God let her lie to me because it wasn't 15 minutes. It was about an hour's worth of going up the mountain and so anyway, and I'm going and, and under my breath. I didn't say this to her now because she probably could have took me right there, like boom. But I'm like, God, if that old woman can do it, I know I can do it. I'm like, she's coming down, and she's like, oh, honey, it's only about 15 more minutes. But keep going because the view is worth it. Now, she did tell the truth about that. She did tell the truth about that. So anyway, we get to the top. I'm just having fun telling this story. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. Maybe God's got something in it for you. So the reason I started telling this story is because if you've ever walked and your body has been weary, I've I've had that twice happen to me twice. Once on that Georgia mountain and another one in Honduras that it was straight up like that as well. And uh, my body just was like, nope, we're not going any further. Wouldn't it be amazing... For us to walk and not grow weary. For us to never have our body to say, ooh, I'm just tired, I'm done, let's just park here for a while. Wouldn't it be great to run and not grow weary? When I was in school, I remember I was in gym and I would run. And I would run and right here, I don't know what it was, but I thought I was having appendicitis or something. My appendix, I know it bursts. And it would burst every, like, Tuesday and Thursday when I had gym class. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Miss Franklin, I can't run anymore. She's like, boy, you're just out of shape. Wouldn't it be wonderful to run and not grow weary? To walk and not feel like you're going to faint. When we are in the spirit realm, there are times where we want to give up. There are times when we're tired of walking. Like when we talk about a walk in the, in the spirit realm, we're not talking about this kind of walk. We're talking about our day-to-day uh, interaction with the Lord. And we're like, I don't know about you. There are days where I'm like, is it worth it? Is, it wor- is what I'm doing worth it? Is the, is the time that I spend in the Word worth it? You know, there are days where the enemy will lie to me and say, nobody, like very few people really even care. Those are days that are just weary, that I feel like fainting in the spirit realm. But when you trust in the Lord, when you hope in the Lord, when you wait on the Lord, we're waiting, we're hoping. Hope is expectancy. God, I'm waiting to see it happen. The prophetic word this morning was, there will be things that I, we have not seen that the Lord will do. Well, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to that word, but I have heard all my life, greater things are yet to come, greater things are still to be done. You know, I've heard that my whole life. Guess what? I still believe it. I've not seen some of those things. I have seen some things, but I haven't seen some of those things. So what am I doing? I'm still waiting on the Lord for this to happen. I want you to go to the scripture real quick, and let's let's dive into this. In uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 21. Now, th- what we're about to read, Jesus has already been born. Shepherds have gone away. Chronologically, the wise men, y'all know that they weren't at the manger, right? They, they, they aren't on the scene yet. So Mary and Joseph, they don't even know the wise men exists. This is where we're picking up, eight days later. So verse 21. Eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, that's Jesus, he was named Jesus, the name given to him by the angel, even before he was conceived. Then it was time for their purification offering, as required by the law of Moses, after the birth of a child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. The law of the Lord says if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. So they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. One day, just go study this out. There's so much rich stuff there about the law of of Moses, while they were being purified, all that. I don't have time to get into that. I'd love to because I love to teach this stuff. But one thing right here is you... We know that Mary and Joseph were just common, ordinary, everyday, uh, working class folks because just this is just a little bit of study I want to give to you. So we know that in Leviticus where it tells us about these purification offerings, we know that the requirement was a lamb. One-year-old lamb is what was required. However, for, for people uh, who were poor and they couldn't afford a lamb, they were, they were allowed either two... They could bring in place of that two turtle doves or two pigeons. And so they chose to bring two turtle doves so we know they were not wealthy, all right? They were just average, favor rests upon the lowly, all right? So they go to the temple, and they're getting ready to uh, make their purification offering. Verse 25, at that time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was just a man, all right? He was just a man. I want you to get that. There was a man in the temple named Simeon. He might as well have been named a Paul. He might as well have been named a, a Lynn or a Brandon or a John. He, he might as well just be been named any. He just was an average man. But this is what the word says. He was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting. There's words in there you need to, to circle. He was righteous, he was devout, and he was eagerly waiting for the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him. That's super important. We're going to come back to that in a minute. But the Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. That day, this is important, the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as was required, Simon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, so imagine Mary and Joseph walking into the temple. He didn't walk up. Like, you don't just walk up and take somebody's baby. You know? I mean, this kid's eight days old. And he walks up and he takes the baby. And anyway, this is what he says. Sovereign Lord Now let your servant himself die in peace. As you have promised, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said. Oh, this is good stuff. Our son, isn't he special? You know, they're just, they're just glowing with this, all right? Oh, but listen. He said they, they were amazed at what was being said about him. Then, uh-oh. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. It was going good until the then. (laughs) And then he turns to them and says, but I want you to know something about this boy. He is going to cause many to fall and many to rise. He's going to reveal the true heart of many people that are wicked. And even your very soul is going to be pierced. Now you you have to understand when he says this, and a sword will pierce your very soul. We don't think a lot about swords. We think about guns, right? Swords were the average weapon of their day and many people had seen the damage that a sword could do so if somebody were to say to you man it's going to be like shooting you straight through your heart that's what she that's what he's saying it's like you you understand the damage the shrapnel the 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 it goes in you know pretty small on the front side and on the back side it just tears flesh away like I mean, the, the grotesque image that she's getting from her current day situation, this is not a good thing. Nobody goes, you ever had somebody to give you some some crazy bad news or, or say something to you that was kind of weird? Because that would be weird. And go, oh, well, thank you. I don't know if, I don't know if that was a blessing or a curse. They meet, this is a prophetic moment for them. This is another sign in the mouth of two or three witnesses. The truth is being established about her son. And so, I want to just let you know, like, if you, in, in your walk, you're going to be wounded. I, I get tired of hearing people talk about their woundedness. I'm hurt. I, I, I get tired of that. I got hurt in church. That's why I don't go. You've been hurt at work. Have you been hurt on the school ball team or your kids' little league game team? You know, have you been hurt like, I mean, good Lord, we get hurt everywhere. I'm telling you, you are going to be hurt in life. Suck it up, buttercup. I'm not telling you from, you know, shoes that don't know hurt and trauma. I get that. I'm triggered many times a week from trauma that I I do not expect you to know my triggers. You don't have to walk around on eggshells because of what you don't know about me and my life. What I have learned to do is become victorious over my triggers. I'm not saying I'm 100% you know uh, on, on all the time, but what I have done is I have learned that there are certain things that trigger me and I've learned how to deal with those through uh revelation of the Lord, through wisdom, just growing older and through therapy. I've learned some of these things. In life you are going to get hurt in your walk with the Lord. You are going to get hurt in your walk in, out, out there in the world, wherever you are. Use it to make yourself better. Amen? Amen? Whatever you do, don't let it be an excuse to turn you away from who God has called you to be and who God call, or where God is calling you to go. Yeah. Don't allow that. Yeah. That's one of the uh, weapons that the enemy uses against the church is this offense through these kinds of things. So anyway, this is a powerful thing right here. And then I want to move on. Verse 36, then another person, Anna, comes into the picture. So Anna, a prophet, was also there in the temple. She was the daughter of Phanuel from the tribe of Asher, and she was very old. Her husband died when they had been married only seven years. Then she lived as a widow to the age of 84 She never left the temple, but stayed there day and night, worshiping God with fasting and prayer. Those two things are important. Uh, Well, really not leaving the temple, staying there day and night, that's important as well. She came along. Just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph and she began praising God and she talked about, in other words, she begins to prophesy, she talked about the child to everyone who had been waiting expectantly. You need to circle that, waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem. And when Jesus' parents had fulfilled all their requirements of the law of the Lord, they returned home to Nazareth. In Galilee, and there the child grew healthy and strong, and he was filled with wisdom, and God's favor was upon him. All right, so I want to go through a few things with you. When we're waiting, you might be in a season of waiting. All of us are in some kind of season right now. You might have things that are important to you. I've got things I'm waiting on the Lord for. The reason I write those things down is because I'm human and I'll forget them. As important as they are, I will forget them. As important as my family is, I don't wake up every day and go, oh, got to pray for my kids, got to pray for my wife, got to pray. You know, that yes, over a period of time, you get mature enough to know. that Those are just things you're supposed to pray for. But I'm talking about not just going through some uh, em- The motions of it. But to keep it before me as in this is important, dude, I write it down. I have alarms in my phone, reminders in my phone that go off to, to, to tell me, hey, do not forget to do this today. I'm not talking about the patty cake, Lord, now I lay me down to sleep. Pray to the Lord my soda, keep. If I should die before I wake. Pray the Lord my soda. I'm not talking about those. I'm not pr- talking about these kind of prayers that God is good, God is great, bless this food. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about, I'm focused in on my kids right now. I'm focused in on this church right now. I'm focused in on this person's health right now. Now, and I am interceding because this is important. And not only am I, is it important, but I'm waiting on this. Like it's written down. It's a record for me. I want the musicians to come or at least one of you because I'm going to close this out. There are some keys to spiritual waiting. I'm not talking about waiting in the line at Walmart or in the gas line. I'm not talking about any of that. There are some keys to spiritual waiting. Every one of us in this room that, are, that is waiting on some stuff, and let me see your hands if there's something that you are waiting on from the Lord. The majority of us, if not all of us. We're in a season of waiting. And I don't know when that season comes to an end This is what I want to share with you, these keys to spiritual waiting that I believe that we can get from these guys. Number one, a deep, deep, consistent walk with God is the key. Like a deep, consistent walk with God is the key. When we first see Simeon, it says that he was a devout man. He was a religious man. I know religious people who are not devout. And I know devout people who are not religious. You know him? He was both. He was both spiritual and he was both committed. He was spiritual and committed. So a deep consistent walk with God is the key to spiritual waiting. Because if you are not deeply connected with God, you will get mad at him. You will walk away from him. You will begin to build lies against him and his identity. You will begin to create scenarios and lies about yourself. And you will believe lies of the enemy. Well, God don't love you that much. God don't love you that much. Well, look at them. Look at the blessing they've got. What have, you, what have they got that you don't got? You know, you'll, you'll begin, God doesn't love you as much. Well, you don't deserve this. Now, I know some of y'all may not believe that those lies are even possible, but I'm telling you, for a fact, they are true. I have the enemy. There's, there's this orphan spirit. Now, I'm delivered from that spirit. I don't walk in that spirit. But that is a weapon I know that the enemy has formed against me. Just because you're free from the weapon does not mean that he does not still try to pull the weapon out and use it. But see, now I know it. Now I know it. And when he uses that weapon against me, that weapon is he wants to get me to believe a lie about myself. And when you believe a lie about yourself, listen to me. When you believe a lie about yourself, you believe a lie about God. Well... I told you God was not going to come through for you. And look, you're probably more spiritual than they are. Now, these are conversations the devil has with me. Well, first of all, (laughs) who's to say I'm more spiritual than somebody else? But the devil has told me before, well, you're more spiritual than they are. That could or could not be true. I don't know. And look at how they're being blessed that's not fair. You must be doing something wrong. There's something you're not doing that God is holding his blessing back. You see all the lies in that? Now I'm believing all these things. And now I'm also believing lies about God. God's not fair. God, you're not fair. Why? Why? God, what am I doing wrong? Because I've asked you if I'm doing something wrong to show me, and you hadn't shown me. So you're not being fair in this whole thing. Why? See, you can get lost in the lies. A deep, consistent walk is the key to spiritual waiting. I can't get too deep into it. But right now in our nation... People in their spiritual walks are at some of the uh, highest rates of people not walking in a close walk with the Lord. They're nominal Christians, they're nominal believers. I was listening to a podcast the other night, and there was this Protestant and a Catholic, and they were talking. And this Catholic, he was coming against some doctrinal things against the Protestants. And she began to ask him about some things in the Catholic faith. Now, he, he, he has no problem uh, attacking the Christian faith. But she, when she turns it and she asks him, he said, this is what he says to her. He says, well, I'm not a really devoted Catholic. Whoa. All right? All right? So basically what he was saying is, I nominally, you know, i poke my head in every now and then, you know. Maybe take communion, get some ashes on my forehead or, you know, do the sign of the cross or something to make me feel holy or whatever. But I don't really practice that. If that's where we are, then we are at a place where there are a lot of people that are not. They don't even have the basic key to spiritually wait upon the Lord. And waiting upon the Lord is where we renew our strength. All right, what what does having a consistent walk with God look like? Just about five things. One, regular encounters with the Holy Spirit. I want you to listen to me because in this, these are tick boxes. These are check boxes. And if you can't check these off, then I want you to ask, God, how can I start living those areas that I don't have the ability to tick it off? See, when we, when we read Simeon right here, one of the things that pops out to me, it says that the Holy Spirit was upon him. Huh, hang on a second. Holy Ghost hadn't come to earth yet. That, that's, 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 that's in 33 plus years from now. Jesus is a baby. That's after Jesus is crucified when Holy Spirit's power is unleashed. Holy Spirit still moved in the earth. Dude, when the Bible records the fact that Holy Spirit is upon you and Holy Spirit ain't even been poured out, that's special. Not only that, it says that that particular day that the Holy Spirit led Simeon to the temple. He might not have even been going to the temple that day. Now, Anna was there every day. But Simeon might not have. But because he was waiting expectantly, there's the difference right there. Expecting God to do something. God, I'm expecting you to save this person in my family. God, I'm expecting that financial breakthrough. God, I'm expecting this tumor to be gone. God, I'm expecting, you know... uh, uh, Mayola, you and I were talking about that this morning. You're expecting hadn't seen the manifestation, but we're expecting having regular encounters with the Holy Spirit. Every person in this room, you should be having regular Holy Spirit encounters. If you'll stick around destiny, listen to me. If if you will stick around a solid teaching, in, in a house for any length of time. If you'll stick around, you will learn. I don't know what a regular encounter with Holy Spirit looks like. Does that mean like I'm laid out on the floor? Yes and no. There may be instances like that, but regular encounters. I'm telling you, I walked by a lady the other day. I don't even know who she is. And Holy Spirit said, stop her real quick. Like, God, I don't know her. I don't know what to say to her. Holy Spirit said, don't worry about what you're going to say for her. Stop her and just engage her in conversation. And so I did, you know, just being obedient to the Lord. That is a regular encounter with Holy Spirit. Just stick around. I promise you, we'll teach you what those look like if you don't know what those mean. The second thing is this, is a consistent worship at the temple. This took place in the temple. Where was Anna? Regularly at the temple. Where was Simeon? Regularly at the temple. Guys, I'm telling you, there is still something important about the local church. For us, this is our temple right here where we meet as a congregation. This is my temple that I offer God to come and live in. There is still something about The temple of God. There is still something about us coming together as a family of God. Not giving that up. We are living in a day where people are saying this is no longer important. What we're doing, it's passe, you know. I'm telling you it's not. If you're going to have a key, which is a consistent deep walk with God, this has got to be a part of it. It's got to be a part of it. Well, I cannot come to church and I can still be a Christian. You can, but you probably won't. The next thing is this, prayer and fasting. Mm, Not really sure why it didn't go to the right one. But prayer, fasting, and scripture reading. These three things, these three things, these three things. Pastor Reif, I I just don't have time uh, to read the scripture You have time for what you make time for. I can guarantee you, you will watch a a couple of shows on Netflix a day. I can guarantee you, you will go to the gym at least three times a week. I guarantee you, during softball season... You will not come to X, Y, or Z things because you're going to go to those. You will make room for what you want to do. And if you are going to be in a time where you consistently walk with the Lord and you're going to involve these things, prayer, fasting. Fasting is one of my least favorite things to do. I don't like it. But it's a discipline that the Lord has called us to. These are the things that make this up. Now, you look at that and you go, which of those are ones that I could say, man, I really don't, not able to tick those off. I really am not able to say I do this regularly. I want you to look at your list and then I want you to take your list and then you begin to ask God, God, can, how can I start to do this? See, because I didn't used to pray regularly. The reason why I didn't pray regularly is because the model that was set before me was was way higher than I could. I, see, I had people in my world that were like, you know, I pray from 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. I pray for an hour at minimum a day. And I was a baby Christian. I couldn't pray for more than five minutes and I was falling asleep or at least I'd run out of things to pray for. So... I was at that place where I couldn't tick that box off. But now I can because my understanding of prayer and how I pray has matured. And I have a greater understanding of prayer. And prayer is not just getting alone with God for hours at a time in a solitude place. That is prayer, but that's not only what prayer is. If you stick around, we can teach you stuff like this. We can teach you this. Fasting. I thought fasting was just giving up food. That's part, of, that, that's part of the mechanics of it. But fasting is so much more. And when you learn that, it's like, oh, I understand the purpose of this. I understand what this is for. All right? So these are some things, and if you can't do all of those, the ones that you can't do... I want you to begin to ask the Lord and some of those who are more mature in the faith than you, how do I do these? And become a disciple of them and let them show you how to do it. God, say this with me, God shows up when we most expect Him. So let's start expecting Him to show up and I promise you, He will. There's two things I want you to do when you walk away today. Number one, I want you to dust off the promises that God's spoken to you. What does that mean, Pastor Rife? I don't know how you are, but when God speaks to me through people, or if he speaks to me, I write that down. (coughs) So I won't forget it. I write it down. And there are times, just like I told you that list, there are times where if I don't go back and look at that list... I'm like, oh, I forgot I put that one down. Go back and look at your list and say, God, I'm still waiting on you for this. I'm, this is still important to me. Some things might not even be, be important to you, all right? And you might take them off your list. It was important to you when you put it on the list, but it's no longer important to you now because you've got something else that's more important. What do you mean? I'll give you the example, and it's just a kind of crazy example, but I want to, I don't know, riding lawnmower. That might have been important to you at one time. Now that's not important to you. Are you following me? Go back and, Bring those out, dust them off, and remind the Lord, not that he's forgotten. It's really for you to say, I am counting on you, God. And this is the, third, uh, the, the second thing. Really, I've given you three things. One, that tick list. If you aren't able to tick those off, go start asking the Lord how to do that. The, the second one, which is the first one up on the board behind me, Dust off the promises that God has given you, spoken over you, and begin to say, God, I'm still waiting on this. And then the, second, the third, which is number two on the board for me, is join us on Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. in January as we fast and pray. I've kind of gone back and forth on, you know, Lord, what kind of prayer and fasting do you want us to do for, for January? I know this is a time of year where churches are doing this, and there's always something, I'm just being honest with you, there's always something in me that's a little, uh, I just don't want to do it for the sake of being religious. I don't want to do a 21-day fast because everybody does a 21-day fast. Um, But there is power in fasting. There's power in prayer. And so what I just feel like I heard the Lord say is continue doing what you're doing, and take it up a notch. And so, for the last four years, a group of men and myself, and now we've opened it up really to everybody, we had been meeting on Tuesday night, every Tuesday night, rain, shine, whatever. We are meeting every Tuesday night and we intercede for this church and for this region. and. I'm inviting you to come be a part of that. So every Tuesday and every, uh, uh, every Tuesday in January, normally we'll do a night of Christian mentoring and then we'll, we'll do a night, the next week will be uh, prayer. This whole month of January is going to be five nights of fasting and prayer. So every Tuesday night in January, you might not be able to make all of them try to make one. Try to make two. Come, let's pour our heart out to God, and we'll have different people leading those, and we'll have prayer uh, uh, focus for that particular night. I love you. Let's be obedient to the word of the Lord that was spoken to us today in this house.